0: Hi, my name is Tony DeBono, and I never listen to I Doubt It with Dumbledore. Wait, what's that? The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is... I Doubt It With Dollamore. Welcome to the show, everybody. Episode 705 of I Doubt It With Dollamore. I'm your host, Jesse Dollamore, joined today by the lovely, the talented, scholarly, Brittany Page, everybody.
1: So The Wire...
0: Wow! You fucking you did it. You <laughs> went there.
1: We finished the All wire. Right,
0: here's the deal.
1: We finished watching the wire.
0: I'm gonna. It's a moment of sausage being made and and putting it out there.
1: <laughs> just
0: about every show.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: No. Every er, just about every pre-show begins with, "What are we going to talk about for the intro?" Yeah. Right.
1: I hate talking about this. I yeah. hate it so. so much.
0: And and I said that the, the the conversation happened. What are we going to talk about this time? And I said, why don't we talk about? I went to Costco today,
1: mm. <laughs> and,
0: and and I left having not choked or even physically verbally confronted people who were using their 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 required masks mm-hmm. as a chin strap. Yeah, and I left, and I was proud of myself. Anyway, I'm getting into the talking about it. So prior to the starting the show, I said, Why don't we talk about that? And you said, or the wire. <laughs> and I said, No, no one gives a fuck about the wire. That's let's talk about this. And so I introduce you and you immediately you you, you button hook me.
1: Because here's the thing. I can't stop thinking about the wire. And <laughs> I, I, it took me a long time to watch it and also a long time to get into it. I, as we rewatched it, I think I got about halfway through the first season last time we watched it. And I don't know what my deal was that I was just not in a place to mentally accept what I was seeing or something. I don't know. It's unlike
0: any TV show ever made.
1: It's unlike anything I've ever watched. It is easily my favorite show of all time, has replaced Deadwood, much to the surprise of many of my closest friends. It,
0: that surprises me.
1: And I mean... But it deal,
0: the show deals with, I guess we're going to fucking talk about The Wire... The show deals with, you know, why don't you start an offshoot podcast that goes <laughs> episode tempted. by episode and I'm talks tempted,
1: about it? Although there already is one, so yeah, of yeah, course
0: there is, but this would be different because it would be yours,
1: right? So but
0: listen, th- what I do appreciate about the Wire, since we're fucking talking about it, is what I think is 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 uh, unique about this show is that it touches on so many things that you're passionate about: mm-hmm. poverty, addiction cycles of poverty cycles of abuse in in families it's police brutality it's just it's everything wrapped into a little very messy bow of of your particular passions Mm -hmm. and that's why it's so great
1: well it it Yes, I had someone ask me on Twitter What my favorite seasons were And boy, as we continue to talk about this I realize how much this sucks For people who have never watched it But here we go um, My favorite seasons are season 4 and season 3 And season 4 because it focuses on How broken the education system is Now this this takes place all within the city of Baltimore And it goes through the, the police corruption It goes through corruption Not just in, in police though In all these different systems And season 4 focuses on education And that really highlights the complication where it relates to solutions to problems like intergenerational trauma and intergenerational patterns of abuse, like you were talking about um, poverty and season three, because that's when Hamsterdam comes in. And that illustrates how complicated the solutions are to things like drug addiction, but how It's complicated because we're unwilling to try on possible solutions like legalization. And it's just, it's so great. We finished the show. And how long did I cry? For how long did I cry?
0: Well, it went on into the next day.
1: I mean, I'm still, it's not as bad as it was. But if I start talking about specific elements of the finale, I will start crying again. Because you get so attached to some of these characters. And I don't know if it's because of the work that I do um with the population and so there's a lot of parallels i can draw between the characters and 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 people that i've met in person in my career um but it it was really i'm i'm a better person for having watched it i genuinely feel that way and i i love consuming things that create that within yeah, me, whether sure. it be a podcast, a TV show, a song. And uh, for anyone who hasn't watched it, I would highly recommend it. The music in it is quite dated. I will say that. But other than that, you eh, mean, very good. You mean
0: in 2005, they weren't playing songs from 2020? <laughs> it's a weird, it's a criticism you've heard. Yeah. But it's a, it's a stupid criticism.
1: Well. Because
0: what are they going to do other than play... The music from the time that was popular.
1: Well, you just get a little refresher of some Jaw Rule and... Yeah,
0: anyway. It's, it's nice. All right. So here's what I wanted to talk about <laughs> for the intro.
1: Yeah, how you're not murdering anyone. Let's talk about it. Yeah, that's it.
0: <laughs> no, no. The other thing is that um, then I feel guilty that I didn't say something. You know what I mean? Two
1: people who aren't wearing their masks. Yeah, but,
0: but I don't want it to turn into... Um, a situation where you can't walk away from the conflict.
1: Well, I had an idea today and, and tell me what you think about this idea because it can turn into does a confrontation. It involve,
0: does it involve punching full grown men in the throat who act like fucking children?
1: No, because then I, you, you I, go I'm to jail airs. for yeah, that, I'm all so, ears. I yeah. know. Uh huh.
0: Are you reminding me that I shouldn't fucking punch people? I'm, I know.
1: So what, what happens when you punch people is you go to, Wow. <laughs> so
0: fucking wow. Here's my
1: idea, okay? Rather than walking up to someone and having something turn into a confrontation that then becomes this intense conflict and possibly leads to somewhere you don't want to go, what if we start uh, a-
0: somewhere I don't want to go? Like, what do you mean?
1: What if we approach, <laughs> what if we approach these situations with like therapeutic wonderment. Almost like explain in- interesting. Again,
0: e- explain again what therapeutic wonderment is.
1: It's a technique that is used to question something in a way that doesn't feel like an attack. So you ask a question in a way that you are you probably know the answer to it but you ask the question like you don't and you're very curious. Well
0: g- give me an example like in a therapy setting I'm the I'm the client.
1: Well I mean it can take many different forms and and look many different ways but like let's say I was talking to you about this issue um of not punching someone <laughs> in the face. Yeah yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Um I could say, OK, well, it's it seems like there was something that was motivating you in not taking that action of punching someone in the face. So what do you think that was that was preventing you from punching that person in the face? I mean, and then
0: I, I might say, oh, getting in trouble. So you're I see what you're, you're leading me to the conclusion without saying, hey, dipshit, if you punch him, you're going to go to fucking jail.
1: Sure. That okay. was that was kind of a weak example, but you get the point. Right? I get get,
0: I get, I get um, it. I mean, I, I knew what it was before, but that actually really crystallized it for me.
1: So in approaching someone, I think that it would be useful to approach them from a place of like... You don't even think that they have malicious intent. They're not wearing their masks like that on purpose. So if you walk up to them and you you say... Hey, you have your 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 nose is hanging out of your mask,
0: almost like you're telling them there's a booger on their face,
1: yeah, like you have something <laughs> in your teeth or you have something on your face or your fly is not yeah, zipped yeah, up, yeah, right? Yeah, something yeah. like that where you're approaching them in a way that's like you're just helping them out because you don't want them to look dumb, right? Oh, you don't look like everyone else in the store. you might want to pull that up, yeah, yeah, something like that may alert someone to the fact that. They don't have their mask uh, over their nose and that someone's calling them out on it, but in a way that doesn't feel like an attack. I wonder
0: if I'm a good enough actor (laughs) to have it like not have the sarcasm, not have it come across as sarcastic and dickish. I don't know that I have that in me.
1: (laughs) Well, you can always try.
0: Or I could just not do it and not risk that it's going to be a because what happens if the guy comes at me sideways
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I'm like, oh, I was just trying to be help. I don't have that in me at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. It, it does. It's frustrating to I'm be just out gonna, in public and What see it, it, it is,
0: I'm just walking away feeling guilty then that I didn't do the right thing or what I think is the right thing.
1: Because it, it's kind of like a, a special form of privilege almost. Like, who do these people think they are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That they don't get to follow the rules that everyone else needs to follow, right? Yeah. That you're somehow unique in that you don't need to wear the mask in the grocery store. Yeah. Or that you're entitled to a vacation See, when now- no one else is able to go on vacation.
0: Now you're just firing me up for I need to. <laughs> I need to confront them.
1: It it is. It's frustrating, though. And that's that's where I think it's motivated from you is it's a form of, like, injustice in public. Yeah. That you feel motivated to correct. Well, they're
0: putting other people at risk. Right. You know? Yeah.
1: Uh, So it's not just flouting the rules and acting like they're above it or they're special. It's also... The fact that they're in the store and they're spreading their droplets around and and they don't care about that.
0: It's like when I saw the people with the mesh masks on. Mm, Yeah. And then in the parking lot, I told him, you know, you're spreading your fucking filth and disease everywhere. He's like, what disease, bro? He seriously was. (laughs) He's
1: like Chad and JT.
0: I mean, if I was my mother in the 80s, I would have told him, you're cruising for a bruising, mister.
1: (laughs) Wow. Did your mom really say that? All the
0: fucking time that was the mantra we if we were if we were ever cruising, it was definitely for a fucking bruising.
1: you know what was terrifying as a kid is when my mom's pinching fingers were behind her car seat in the mm. car, and she was coming for us,
0: <laughs> just blindly pinching into yeah, the air that
1: was a terrifying <laughs> situation. We were desperately trying to get away and yeah. throw someone else in the way of the pinchers.
0: Yeah, we uh, we this could be another topic, but <laughs> we we were always in fear of the Hot Wheels racetrack segments that mm. they would use to spank the shit out of us.
1: Yeah. Well
0: We buried many, many in the backyard. Out yeah. of reach, hidden.
1: Yeah. I mean I could I could also list a number we're of things. But, but we're not gonna go off. we're not gonna go through that right now. <laughs> anyway.
0: So let's get to some listener communication. Uh, uh, last time on the show, Brittany read an email oh. from a gentleman from Scotland.
1: I tried to, I tried my best.
0: I don't think he did a very good job. It was especially terrible. Since I asked him to record what he wrote and then send it in so we could get a hear for it. And, uh, y- you definitely did not read it correctly.
2: Hello, Jesse. Hello, Brittany. It's uh, Stevie G here from Fife in Scotland. Uh, just as you asked on your podcast, there, I'm going to uh, try and redo the line that uh, you asked about, and and here we go. It's going to let me ken what your plans are for the show when your ball bag orangescroat in chief is going to get pumped. So I ken if I hate to stay up and get steaming or ding dong my cell up a wanking chariot. Okay, I hope that helps. Uh, give me a shout if you need anything that uh, indecipherably uttered. In the meantime, Great show! All the best for next week, and I'll catch up with you the line. okay, cheers.
0: I hope that helps, Stevie G says. <laughs> it most certainly did not help.
1: I think it helped a lot.
0: So you you uh, you could you could recreate that? No, reading the email again. No,
1: no, but that was the purpose of him sending that in. I do want to compliment Stevie because he uses Ken. Which is a word that means to know. Mm-hmm. And we learned this word during Scrabble yeah. because sometimes I like to play words that are probably not words and challenge people at the table to challenge me if they dare to try to. It's lo- like a
0: fucking poker game playing with Britney Spears. Yeah,
1: to make people lose their turn. It's great. And so one time I played Ken, just like, let's try it. Don't know. <laughs> And then I got challenged because no one knew that it was actually a word. And we all learned a word that day.
0: And we all remember the word. Yeah, exactly. So, no, yeah. so
1: it's, it, it's, it's a fun time when you play Scrabble with someone who takes it as seriously as I do. We all learn something. That's what comes of it.
0: Rules are rules for a reason. <laughs>
1: um, no, but this was awesome because like I, like I said, I tried to read the email. Didn't go great. Uh, Stevie G did a much better job.
0: Uh, The other thing uh, related to his original email, and he mentioned it in the call, we are going to be doing an election live stream. We'll be starting no later than 5 p.m. Pacific time, Los Angeles time. So we'd have you tune in on YouTube. We're going to post links, uh, obviously, on our on our personal Twitters. We'll post a link uh, to the live stream on our podcast. I doubt it. Podcast Twitter. We'll post a link on our personal Facebook pages and on the, the I doubt it with Dollamore Facebook page. Uh, there's going to be all kinds of links to find it. I'm sure it'll be in the listener group as well. We we invite you to show up, have a drink, watch along with us. We're going to be taking questions from the audience. Uh it's going to be a good time. We we're, we're going to go probably no later than midnight. Mm-hmm. But up to possibly midnight depending on uh on what goes down. Yeah. So we would invite you to join. The other thing that that happened a few episodes ago, we had a, a gentleman call in from Atlanta. His name is James. And he showed great concern for people and the hard time that they're going through right now during the the coronavirus pandemic. And he also revealed that he's living in his car, but he was doing fine. I'm doing fine. And anyway, it it was just remarkable. We had several people reach out um, asking if they could help. We asked James if it was okay if we forwarded their information on And he said, yes. So we have done that. We've made connections. Um, Anyway, we got a call.
1: We actually, just to (laughs) fact check you, um, we asked the people who wanted to get in contact with him if it was okay with James that we gave them his email address. So we gave his contact information to the people who asked.
0: After asking consent to for, for people's privacy and blah blah blah.
1: Correct. Yeah. Because we try to do things right, right. above board here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm glad you, you put a finer a finer note on that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, here's a call related to James's original call.
3: Hey Jesse and Brittany. This is Rebecca from Atlanta. Um I was doing a little catching up so I was uh, listening to episode 702 and I paused. I had to call. I don't usually uh, make correspondence without listening to a whole episode or even like writing out what I'm going to say first. But I just wanted to let you know that I was listening to James from Atlanta who is my father, who is a man that I am so proud and honored to be associated with, and to listen to him speak about himself and the world in a way that I hadn't heard, and to hear the way you two spoke of him, I just wanted, I just wanted the listeners to know that that beautiful man has an adult daughter who is so fond of him, who is so happy to know him, and wants him to know that whether he, uh, thinks about it a lot or not that I would do anything for him. And these are all things that I've told him and he knows how much I love him. But it just blew my mind because my initial reaction to the voicemail was just surprised to hear my dad's voice. I know he sent things in before and I've for one reason or another not heard them. Um because of sporadic listening or just you know, he, not everything he says then gets used. And I actually introduced him to the show in uh after the Trump election, and now he's more of an avid listener than I am. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I was just overwhelmed, and I had to call and just let you and everyone else know that that is a man worth your time. And I am, you know, so grateful every day that I get to know him. So thank you um, for everything that you do always. And this time for me forever. James from Atlanta is the best part. Thanks, guys. Bye.
0: So this is one of the beautiful things about doing the show. And... um is the community that is built up around the program yeah, and it is an amazing thing that we we have a listener call in well first of all, it's an amazing thing that anybody is living in their car, having a rough time financially during this 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 crisis that we all face, like so many Americans, and he's thinking about other people mm-hmm. it's just a, it's a It's a fundamentally good and decent thing. And it's it's awesome that we have listeners who like live. I don't know that that what, how close they live to him or what their association is to his geography, but reaching out to say, hey, I would like to help this guy. Mm-hmm. That's just awesome, and um, I'm proud and happy and overwhelmed to be the conduit that Brittany and I can be the conduit to, to make that happen. So, Rebecca, uh, we agree. Your, your dad, your dad's a good guy.
1: Definitely. Fantastic. Yeah. And and thank you for sending that message and um, being very open with your emotions in that message because uh, Jesse listened to it a few days ago and forwarded it to me and I was at work and I had a little cry sesh to myself at my desk at work and then went back to work. And it was just a reminder of what we do here and how it matters. And it, it's always nice to be reminded of that. So uh, we wish the best to both of you and appreciate you both for sharing a little bit of your lives with us.
0: Absolutely. If you too would like to sound off, if you'd like your voice amplified six five seven four six four seventy six zero nine. As I space on the number, I've said hundreds of times, you can also email a voice memo from your smartphone to, I doubt it at dollar Speaking of that email address, I believe we have an email,
1: Jesse and Brittany. I generally agree with most everything you say, but I wanted to question a seemingly contradictory comment you and a lot of progressives have been making when the previous covid relief packages were done. Democrats in Congress were condemned for backing down and letting Republicans have their way. Now that Democrats are standing their ground and not letting another insufficient bill be passed, they are being condemned for that as well. I guess the question is, what should Democrats do? Should they let another insufficient bill pass or stand firm with something that might actually help people? Either way, it sucks for us. I am never the smartest person in any room, so I may be misunderstanding, but it seems, for Democrats, a no-win situation. Me and people don't ever get along very well, so Popeye is the best part of the show. Thanks so much for your time and what you do. I think it's Tobin.
0: Tobin? Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for the email. You want to go?
1: Um, sure. So, I think... That this is part of the nature of being in power. It's hard. Yeah, right. (laughs) That's why you need to...
0: That's why choosing the right person is so fucking important.
1: And yeah, in some ways... Listen, it is a no-win situation. Uh, The relief package was not enough. I mean, I think that that is a fact that we can all agree on, especially given what we're seeing related to evictions... Um, millions of people having been pushed into poverty during this time.
0: The fact that that $600 supplemental amount of unemployment from the federal government has sunsetted and not been renewed. Right. Yeah. I mean, it clearly wasn't enough.
1: Right. And so now the question is, what are they doing now? And I believe Nancy Pelosi, I've seen headlines saying that she's going to wait until after the election to... Uh, do anything about this and i wonder if the plan there is to wait until like the new congress and senate are in place
0: it could be i mean donald trump has has signaled but you know he's a fucking liar so who knows he has signaled that he's willing to to make a deal he wants to, to 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 pass an extensive large package and it's just congressional republicans quote unquote, who are standing in the way,
1: mm-hmm. which
0: doesn't make a lot of sense. He's the leader of the party.
1: Yeah. So there, there's part of me that thinks, listen, Tobin, you're right. The the Democrats can't really win. There's going to be criticism either way. And part of me thinks that's kind of the nature of the situation that we're in. It, the initial relief package wasn't enough. They should be doing more. Uh, they should be doing something at this point because there's so much suffering and... I mean I am so sick of seeing these articles of stories about people being evicted and I'm I'm not I'm not sick of the reporting. I think the reporting is very important. What I'm sick of seeing is just the images. I mean, yeah. I can only take so many images of young kids being walked out of their homes and carrying like a bag of belongings with like their pet and a stuffed animal. Yeah, yeah. And Heartbreaking. I mean, what the fuck are we doing here?
0: Not much. Here's my my uh, let me take issue with this Tobin. I don't remember ever you, you use very strong language that Democr after the first relief bill was passed, Democrats in Congress were condemned. Hmm. And you're lumping me and Brittany in with progressives in general i guess but i don't remember ever condemning congress if we criticize uh, yeah i could see us possibly criticizing but condemn just seems so fucking strong
1: like by saying that the relief package wasn't enough that that's not necessarily condemning it's just a criticism like yeah, you're drawing a distinction well because
0: look i i i i'm no expert on, on the ways of Congress or parliamentary procedure, but I, I worked on Capitol Hill for the, 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 the Senate for long enough to understand how negotiations and how legislation is made. And if you have one house of one party and then the other house, the other body of a different party, it can be very difficult to come to terms. So understanding that, I get it. And if we criticize, it's that in general, it wasn't enough. It's not a criticism of Democrats. It's just like, fuck, what are we doing as a country? We're not getting this done. Mm. And the criticism that I have now is that every one of those motherfuckers is still cashing a paycheck while millions of Americans aren't. And they're going on break. And they're putting the judiciary hearings first. And, and, and Nancy Pelosi hasn't done enough. Waiting till after the election. They're on break right now. What the fuck? So right now, there is condemnation. Before, eh, Just general critique that this didn't go far enough. If we believe that there should have been a $1,200 or $2,000 payment in perpetuity made during this crisis, that's not condemning Congress. That's just, ah. Eh, I think my idea is better than what they came up with. Also keeping in mind that the the larger amount or a, a payment in perpetuity likely is not going to get passed through a, a Republican Senate. Anyway, if you could find specific quotes or something that we said that you would, that would align with the con with condemning, then, you know, lay it on us.
1: Well, also, I <laughs> maybe we're not talking about Mitch McConnell enough, and maybe we should do that. I mean, he is certainly the worst. I just thought everyone kind of knew that. But <laughs> he he's saying, quote, we're going to clean the plate on judges. He vowed today yeah. to continue confirming both, U.S. district and circuit court judges through the end of the year. He so
0: an anti-democratic fucking goblin. Uh, it's, it's, it's unbelievable.
1: Yeah. I mean, eight million people pushed into poverty during the pandemic. And yeah. what's his priority?
0: Judges. Right wing nutter butters. Many of whom are have a not qualified rating from the, 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 the bar association.
1: And that should be meaningful to people. And I, I know that there's so much news. It's hard to keep up with. The algorithms are keeping a lot of important things from certain feeds where it should be present. But I wish that this information about Mitch McConnell, for example, was more readily apparent to people who were suffering, who are suffering, who may vote for him. Yeah. Who may vote for other Republicans who think the same way.
0: The Republican Party does a good job of fear mongering. They do a good job of uh communicating to a guy who makes thirty-five or forty or fifty grand a year that Democrats are gonna raise your taxes, man. And that's just it's never the truth. It's never the fucking truth. Joe Biden, they're telling that about Joe Biden right now, and his tax plan is if you make four hundred and one four hundred thousand dollars and one dollar. You your your taxes are going to go up. You make more than four hundred grand a year. That dude on your Facebook page who works a shitty job, make maybe making fifteen or twenty dollars an hour, he's not going to get his taxes raised. But because of whatever reason, they've convinced these people, those low information voters, the 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 uneducated white ma- males who are overwhelmingly voting for Trump that Trump has their best interest at heart when he's doing nothing but selling their future, mortgaging their futures and their children's futures and their grandchildren's futures through trillions of extra dollars of unnecessary debt, trillions of dollars of unnecessary debt. And that's the key word there because having a debt isn't such a bad thing from a a national standpoint. Carrying a little debt is fine, but when we're in economic boom times like we were before the pandemic and we're running $1.5 trillion deficits, get the fuck out of here. That is no way to govern. That's no way to preside over um, the economy anyway.
1: Well, thank you to Tobin for that communication. And I want to talk about another piece of Lister communication we got from someone we talked about on the previous episode, Melissa Statz, who was the teacher in Wisconsin that we talked about. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. With the this. Black Lives Matter lesson that got the backlash from the parents, very unhappy about the lesson.
0: She was definitely taking care of biz.
1: Yes. Well, she wanted us to know that she absolutely did not vote for Donald Trump.
0: <laughs> she reached out and. On top of our in mid-show fact check. Yeah. Wanted it made perfectly clear. Yes. <laughs> what did she say?
1: Well, she said, quote, The article you read was adapted from a CNN article. The original article made it clear they were talking about the town of Burlington, but subsequent articles have made it sound like I voted for Trump, which is something I do not want my name associated with. Just had to reach out and clarify for all of your listeners. In solidarity, Melissa.
0: Well, thank you, Melissa, for, for reaching out.
1: Also, thank you for giving me an out on why I read the wrong thing <laughs> by going into detail about how poorly written the she, article was.
0: She's, she's working real hard to cover for Brittany Page right there. <laughs> that is a good time.
1: I appreciate it.
0: All right. Like I said, if you'd like to sound off, we'd love to hear from you. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone or a regular old-fashioned email to I Doubt It,
1: We do not have new Patreon supporter names to announce today, but we do have an announcement that our Amazon affiliate account was officially canceled. So we were warning about this. We got an email from Amazon letting us know that we weren't using it appropriately or whatever. Basically just means that they didn't want to continue to pay us. So we want to read the email for you.
0: Oh, you have it. I was just looking for it. I'm glad.
1: Effective today. Because th-
0: fuck them, man.
1: Effective today. Amazon is terminating your associate's account as well as the operating agreement that governs it. Link below. Why? Why? We reviewed your account as part of our ongoing monitoring of the Amazon Associates program. During our review, we determined that you are not in compliance with our operating agreement. The violations include the following. We previously issued a non-compliance warning regarding your associate's account. You did not respond or come into compliance within the specified time. What's next? You must stop using the content and Amazon Marks and promptly remove all links to the Amazon site. Because you are not in compliance with the operating agreement, Amazon will not pay you any outstanding commission income. Please be aware that any other related accounts may be closed without payment of any commission.
0: So they're not only turning the fucking, uh, the the, the small commission we made off anyway, turning it off. They're also not paying us the money that we have accrued from from the purchases you guys made.
1: Right. Amazon...
0: Jeff Bezos, man.
1: Amazon reserves all other rights and claims. In limited cases, this closure may be appealable. See Appeals help for more information. Fuck
0: you. We're not appealing. Fuck straight off.
1: So, what does this mean? It's time to boycott Amazon, you guys. <laughs> this is the last straw, okay? <laughs>
0: How dare you, Amazon? No, finally
1: crossed a line.
0: It's don't bother with uh, the dollarmore.com slash Amazon. I'm going to take the link off the page and... uh we used to say, if you're going to shop there anyway, because we never... We've been long... For many years, we have we have um, couched our promotion of that link with don't shop on Amazon. Yeah. But if you're going to do it, then use the link because then we get a little money and they don't make as much. Right. But, you know, we've never wanted you to shop on Amazon. We shop there as little as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, you just fucking bullshit, so. It is what it is. There are other ways to support us. Dollamore.com slash Patreon. Rate and review the show on Amazon. or on uh, Goddamn, we got Amazon on the brain, Brittany. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Buy merch at Dollamore.info. All these ways go a long way to help support and produce this program that you're listening to and that you ostensibly love as much as your children. All right. Moving on. Dallamocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So I am beside myself with anticipation of Tuesday, of the election, because I don't know about you. Maybe I'm alone in this, but I'm real ready for fucking Donald Trump to be gone. Out of office. Now, we're not going to get rid of him. He's still going to be around and be a a stupid pain in the ass. But he's not going to be governing anymore. If, indeed, I believe what's going to happen does happen. And I hope that I'm not as wrong as I fucking was
1: (laughs) in 2016. (laughs) Yeah, that would be nice.
0: And one of the main reasons that we need to get rid of this goddamn jackass is because of the coronavirus and the way it is being handled from a federal government standpoint. Donald Trump is now out on the campaign trail hosting super spreaders event, which we're going to get to day after multiple times a day. In some cases, the other day he was in Minnesota and fucking Nebraska and Iowa. He's all over the place. And in every one of these rallies, he is downplaying what is happening with the coronavirus, talking about how we're rounding the corner. We're rounding the turn. All of this is nonsense that normal, rational people who don't wear their masks like a fucking chin strap, they don't believe it. But unfortunately, because it's a virus and it's transmitted like every other virus, it doesn't just transmit from Republican to Republican. If you come in contact with one of these idiots, whether it be a Costco or a grocery store, you're at risk. Listen to Donald Trump from October 26. This is just on Thursday. Shut down the whole country. And
2: we're rounding the turn. You know, all they want to talk about is COVID. By the way, on November 4th, you won't be hearing so much about it. COVID, 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 COVID. Today let's talk about COVID all over Europe, right? Europe's spike they don't talk about that. Now we're rounding the turn and we have the vaccines coming out very soon, years ahead of schedule. If he would have done it, like he did the H1N1 swine flu, one of the worst handled that was an epidemic, it was a disaster. He had no idea what the hell he was doing, but you know that.
1: I am um, fucking
0: conspiracies constantly.
1: Yeah, I'm just I'm to the point where I really can't I can't uh I can't deal with it anymore. I'm I'm really to the point where it it needs to stop. <laughs> it needs to stop. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we just had this conversation in the car because and it was in the car, you guys. It's really important that you know that's where it happened. Um,
0: <laughs> You're giving lots of real good details. Yeah.
1: Um, so let's say that on November fourth, that's the day, right? Yeah. November fourth, we know that it's Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. We still have from November fourth, yeah, to January. What What's the day?
0: January twentieth. January
1: twentieth. Um. What is, what's going to happen in that period of time? What is he going to do? I'm
0: glad you brought it up. In
1: that period of time? What, is, what are the things that he's going to say? What is he going to do? I mean, that is a terrifying thought. When he knows that he lost and he knows yeah. he's on his way out. I mean, he
0: could metaphorically burn the fucking house down.
1: I mean, I'm, that thought is terrifying to me. And I hadn't thought of it. Until today, when we talked about it.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you brought it up on the show, because it, I think a lot of people, they all they're focused on is November 4th. Right. We, all we got to do is get to November 4th.
1: That's what I had been focusing on. Yeah, and that's on. not
0: the case. We're yeah. going to have two months of Donald Trump that who fucking knows mm-hmm. what could happen in that time. Now, luckily, for some of that time, we're going to have a Democratic... Likely have a Democratic House and Senate if things go the way that positive, optimistic Jesse D. Look at is you thinking they're gonna go and just
1: talking about it like it's a fact. It's already happening. Well, no, I just
0: yeah, you're right. Fuck, I need to get my shit together, man. No,
1: it's good. It's good. I need. Well, no, listen. We all need that we optimism.
0: All, optimism is great, but th- listen, you got to prepare yourself. We should go into election night thinking Donald Trump is gonna win. So it's not as crushing as it was last November 8th of 2016, or was it the 6th, whatever day it was, Mm -hmm. It, it could be another one of those just gut punches where the air is sucked out of the fucking room.
1: Yeah. Well, also, so listen to this. He said this at one of his rallies. This is what he said will happen if Biden wins. Quote, you'll have no schools, no graduations, no weddings, no Thanksgiving, no Christmas, no 4th of July, no future. That is what we've been doing. That yeah. is what has been happening. That's right. That Biden doesn't need to win for that to happen. That has been happening. But not for everybody, of course. Some yeah, people no- are continuing to do things. Yeah. Um, oh, Trump, baby. <laughs> but did you hear Fauci? He said that this could be... That
0: almost sounded like a British accent.
1: Did you you hear Fauci? He said that this could go on through the end of next year. Yeah. And he blamed states for opening up too soon. That's what he said. Of course that's the reason. And so this is kind of going back to what I was talking about with my frustration of people. Because it isn't about people doing what other people can't do. I said that in a way that's dumb it's about people doing things that we should all be doing right we should enter into a social contract where we have all agreed to do what is necessary in order to keep each other safe yeah yeah and if you somehow decide that you're above that social contract well what are what are the rest of us supposed to think of you
0: well it, it's it's um you you, ex- you you described it the other day in a conversation that we had about that that it's um the inability to delay gratification mm hmm and there's so many people liberals too who are are failing now to quarantine correctly are are uh, widening their circle of friends that they hang out with who aren't safe I, I i have a lot of friends on my facebook page that i see and it's it's very disappointing and part of it's kind of a selfish thing because i feel like well fuck that's fucked because we're doing the right thing and we're we're suffering quote unquote and then i see just fucking out there going crazy and it's just it's it's very disappointing
1: yeah so so it's just going back to this this quote of you'll have no schools no graduations the the straws that they're grasping at the trump campaign to try to convince people that Biden is going to be so much worse when like, we're already in a terrible situation, bro, and we all know it, and saying, you guys already know that, using your car salesman tactic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not going to be super effective on anyone else other than it's already been effective on. So like, you're not going to overcome that ceiling.
0: Not not trying to widen the base. Not trying to build a larger coalition. No. Listen to this clip from today, from Friday today.
1: Our relentless
2: efforts, only 3% of the emergency room visits nationwide are related to the virus. Think of that 3% because you know what it is? They only talk about cases. The reason we have so many cases is because we test. If I tested half, you know, they said test, test, test. We test more than any country in the world by far. We have the best tests. These are things that we never even had six months ago. Now, if I said, let's cut the testing down in half, You'd have half — and everyone would say, oh, the cases are way down, right? But you know what? It's good, because we know if there's a problem, et cetera, et cetera. We know if there's a hot spot. But that's exactly what it is. I mean, but what we do and what we've done so well are the therapies. And if you think of it, the fatality rate is down 85 percent and more now. Think of that. But they talk about cases because, you know, when you hear 3% of the emergency rooms are devoted, you know, it's supposed to be 100% and the hospitals are going to close. They don't know what's going on. It's, it's been amazing what we've been able to do.
0: It's been amazing what we've been able to do. Listen to John Jr. on Laura Ingram last night. This is the thing. It's a full court disinformation press from Team Trump. It is unconscionable and I think bordering on criminal the way that they are convincing people and putting them in danger and others. These people, these people are truly morons. You know what I mean? And I like how they go after Scott Atlas because he's not an epidemiologist, but Sanjay Gupta now magically is. I mean, g- give me a break, Laura. The reality is this. If you look, I put it up on my Instagram a couple of days ago because I went through the CDC data because I kept hearing about new infections. But I was like, well, why aren't
2: they talking about deaths? Oh, oh, because the number is almost nothing. Because we've gotten control of this thing. We understand how, to, how it works. They have the therapeutics to be able to deal with this. If you look at that, look at my Instagram. It's gone to n- almost nothing.
0: One, he's really wanting to fucking promote his Instagram there. <laughs> Two, what is he talking about? Almost nothing. New infections are almost nothing. Yesterday, October 29th, 90,728 fucking new cases. Mm-hmm. 91,000 new cases and over 1,000 deaths. That's not almost nothing, you chinless fuck. You goddamn mook. We are now, our highest back in July, the highest to date in July, was 75,687. And right now, our seven-day average is 77,865. Higher than the peak back in July when it was at its worst. And they are acting like we're rounding the corner. That we've, we've got this under control. It's over. This thing's over. While they hold multiple rallies a day with thousands of people unmasked, and now we know that absolutely the data indicates that they are they are super spreader events and the cases of covid go up two weeks after they leave two people who attended president trump's rally in north carolina last wednesday have tested positive for coronavirus president trump has of course been holding campaign rallies in covid hotspots as if the virus didn't exist with large crowds and no masks required This week alone, President Trump has gathered supporters in New Hampshire, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Arizona, and today in Florida. And as CNN's Dr. Sanjay Gupta reports for us now, these new cases in North Carolina are hardly an isolated event.
2: All you hear is COVID, 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 COVID.
4: COVID. At rallies like this, Dr. Tom Englesby is less focused on the speaking and more on the crowds of people listening. There seem to be hundreds or thousands of people closely Closely standing together for a prolonged
2: period of time without masks, lots of yelling and um, shouting.
4: Inglesby is director for the Center of Health Security at Johns Hopkins, and he's concerned about the rallies. The rallies really do pose high risks for transmission. But I wanted to better understand what that meant. So CNN investigated what happened at 17 recent Trump rallies, specifically looking at infection rates in the counties where the rallies took place four weeks before and four weeks after, and then also comparing them to the corresponding rates at the state level. The results were startling. 82% of the time, the rate of new cases in the county jumped after President Trump's visit. More than half the time, the county rate of new cases grew faster than the state's rate. For example, September 12th, Minden, Nevada. In the month going into that rally... Cases had begun to fall. But fast forward four weeks, and the rate of new cases in the county skyrocketed by 225 percent, far outpacing the 74 percent increase the state experienced. Or September 18th, Bemidji, Minnesota. Rates of infection were already climbing in the month before the rally. By the day of the rally, the rate of infection was 6.36 for every 100,000 people in the county about half the rate of Minnesota. But a month after the rally, the rate of infection in the county had jumped more than 385 percent and quickly bypassed the state's rate of infection.
2: Those places are already going to be concerned about rising rates of hospitalization,
4: increasing risk of community transmission. We have had no problem whatsoever. It's outside. It is true that being outdoors is far safer than being indoors. But take a look at how the virus leaves the nose and the mouth, like a puff of smoke, sitting so close, no mask, and the risk rises dramatically.
2: None of these, in and of themselves, are a strong barrier to spread, but if you take them all together, they would help to, to decrease the
4: risk. Here's another way to think about it. If you attend a gathering like this, according to new research in most places in the United States, there is now a 99% chance the virus is attending right alongside with you. And now at least 70,000 times a day, the virus is finding a new home inside one of us.
1: So I think all of that is a good reminder that our behavior is really important when it comes to spreading the coronavirus. Yeah. Meaning that our actions, the actions that we take as human beings, can prevent the spread of COVID-19. I know that this is a like, basic point, but I feel like sometimes people aren't taking that seriously. Right? All it takes is wearing your mask, washing your hands, sanitizing things, maintaining social distance, and avoiding gatherings. And still trying to just minimize what you do. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. As much as possible. Um, and if if you do those things, then we won't we won't see these increases that we're seeing right now. So it makes sense completely that when he has these rallies and people are going out into this large gathering, regardless of whether it's indoor or outdoor, you have that many people together. It doesn't matter. Cram
0: together. Yeah.
1: And they put the masks on the people that are directly in the shot behind donald trump but once you zoom out past those 30 people or so no one's wearing masks because these yeah, people yeah. are largely covid skeptics because donald trump himself is a covid skeptic
0: they're also mask skeptics i mean yeah even if they're not covid skeptics they don't believe a mask works because donald trump has maligned and denigrated the use of mask wearing making fun of Joe Biden. I mean, so many times.
1: Right. So in that, these people are choosing behaviors that are contributing to the spread of the virus. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and thus, you see the increase in, in infection rates.
0: So we got to get rid of this guy. I mean, it should come as no surprise that that is our take here. But it is, look, it's... it's The uh, sooner we can... I mean, they're not even talking about um, squashing the curve anymore because it's we don't have a leader... that 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 that, that's a a a possibility they're saying that if 95 percent of people wear a mask we we can dramatically lower the number of deaths that we will that we will have take place until new year i mean but no i've read statistics that it's about 50 50 nationwide that's bananas anyway we'd love to know what you think 657-464-7609. You can email us. I doubt it at dollamore.com.
1: I would also be curious to know how people are dealing either personally or with people in their lives of pandemic fatigue. Right? Because it, it is. It has gone on for a really long time. It's getting difficult to continue doing these things how are you personally coping with it how are you encouraging the people in your life to continue doing what is hard but necessary and continuing to do the things that they need to do that's that's what i would be curious about so again 6574647609 or i doubt it at com. So hopefully this uh, isn't too, like, lecture <laughs> If it is, feel free to email us and tell us that. But also, <laughs> hey, listen to the lecture. I think it was it's pretty important. Fucking and, necessary. Yeah, and I mean, just based on what I'm seeing, I, I think it's important to remind us all that this is continuing and it's not over, and we got to keep doing what we need to do.
0: Let me also say this. If you're feeling lectured at, it's probably because you're not doing the right fucking thing. Anybody who's sitting out there who's doing the right thing every day, they're not going to feel lectured at. They're going to be like, yeah, fuck yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's actually, that's a, that's a really good point. Whoa.
0: Mm-hmm. That's, I love to hear that. <laughs> you love to see it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you really do.
0: Anyway, we love you guys. We are going to leave. We've got Patreon calls tonight. We do. If you are listening to this, I don't know if you're going to be listening to, maybe, If you're listening to this right now, maybe you skipped ahead the hour um, and you'd like to join the Patreon call, sign up for Patreon in the appropriate tier. We'd love to see you. We always have a good time. It's going to be tonight and Saturday, uh, Saturday morning. You'll get an email from the Patreon. Anyway, we love you guys. We'll see you next time. (laughs) You can
1: tell Jesse doesn't take care of us. Sloppy, sloppy top
0: here. (laughs) Uh, We'll see you next time. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollimore, and this has been
1: I Doubt It.